0: Scott is a rock placement snob. You will never see anyone roll their eyes and fuss about rocks more than Scott. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, SendJim. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try SendJim. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendjim.io forward slash MDL where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendjim.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are on our final episode of our little Fix This Next series that we've been up to for the past couple of weeks. If you've been following along, we did an episode where we did kind of just like a big overreaching umbrella. We talked about the Fix This Next, and then we talked about sales, because if you read the book, you'll see there's a little hierarchy of needs in there, and sales is the bottom tier right here yep scott's got a picture of it there then we talked about profit last week and this week we're going to talk about order yep. so fix this next in a nutshell it's a book by mike McCallowitz he writes a lot of books for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. profit first is probably his most popular one his most recent one is get different yep. and that's all Instead about marketing. marketing scott is still did you finish it or yeah, are you I'm still on the profit still process? reading
1: still reading it okay we're well, actually so, listening to it but.
0: He's a great author. He's got Mm -hmm. tons of books for entrepreneurs, Um, but we really fell in love with Fix This Next because it really went hand in, went like it's past tense. It really does go (laughs) hand in hand with everything um, that we like to teach in our green growth method. It all kind of just gels together really nicely. So when we heard that there were Fix This Next advisors, we jumped on the opportunity to go ahead and become advisors for Fix This Next Mm -hmm. because it was just another tool that we can use to help you all get even more out of your landscaping business. It helps us easier identify problems you might be having so we can just get you the help you need. Yeah, like Does that sound good like I said the uh,
1: <laughs> this book tells us where the problem is and then our green growth method instead can instead of wasting fix your it.
0: time working on a little bit of everything yep. it really helps you focus your efforts so you can go all in on really what is the most urgent and vital thing you need mm-hmm. to fix at that moment in time
1: that's exactly what it is otherwise you're just kind of guessing on things that's what we like about it it's a systematic approach to fixing your problem, your sure. issues you have so
0: Okay, so this level is called order. Order, It was sales, then profit was Mm -hmm. on the tier above that, and now order, which when I think of order, to me, this is, I think of for sure systems in your business.
1: Well, it definitely is. It's definitely part of it, but the whole thing is not just systems. So in each of these categories, like we talked about sales, profit, and order here, they break it down even further into a couple different sections. So one of the first sections it talks about is called minimize waste and effort. And this basically is adding the systems procedures in your business, making sure things are flowing properly. Um, You know, when a customer calls in, you know exactly what to do, what questions to ask, you know, explaining what the process is for your business. Your crews know what to do in the morning. This is a big one for us. We talk about this all the time. We had so much wasted time in the morning.
0: Literally cost us hundreds of yeah, like like we're not exaggerating. It yeah. literally is. We In have one year.
1: We have proof I, to show it to you. So I don't
0: remember the exact number. It was like one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars or something like that. That was just one year, and this yeah. has been going on for a while. Yeah, so.
1: trust us. It's very important. This is why, like, I love systems procedures. I, I geek out about it, yeah. but it's it's very important, and I just how much it helped us is why we want to teach it to everybody else. So basically, yeah, the first one, minimize waste or effort. It's just basically getting the system procedures in place so your team knows what to do, so your customers know what to do, you know what to do.
0: Sure. We had a bottleneck problem in the morning. That was mm-hmm. our biggest problem yeah. was we couldn't get out of the shop because Scott's dad had everything in his head. Mm-hmm. So nobody could load up trucks or get ready for whatever they were going to do that day because nobody knew what was going on. Yep. All the information was in one location and that was Doug's head. Yeah, That made it really hard for multiple crews to get going in the morning so once we got a better system for that, then it wasn't everybody going to one person to get the information for the day.
1: A lot of people think about systems and procedures and think, you know, it has to be like a 700 page book on, you know, every single Nobody thing. Nobody wants to read a 700 page book. It doesn't have to be that. It, absolutely like, not. <laughs> honestly, one of the first things I did was, and if you listen to us before, we talk about it, was just making a checklist. Mm-hmm. And I include checklists in here because it's part of the system procedure process.
0: Well, absolutely. Um, because part of minimizing wasted effort is to minimize slowdowns. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got people standing around leaning on trucks because they 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 don't have a checklist of what tools they need. Mm -hmm. They're just wasting time and money. It seems simple and easy, and it is, but (laughs) you just don't always think about it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. and that's why we have this as one of our big things inside of our Millionaire Academies because we saw how important it was for us and we want you to do the same thing in your business. So,
0: Yeah, (laughs) and you need to be efficient. Mm -hmm. We had kind of an unloading at the end of the day problem. And so if you create a system for that, everything is just more efficient. If everybody knows (laughs) as soon as they get back, Here's where you dump off debris for the Mm -hmm. day. Here's where you sharpen blades. Here's where you do this. Here's where you do this. And we actually set up the whole flow of the shop outside where the trucks could just pull around to dumpsters, gas, everything. You know, that just helps you just be more efficient.
1: And this is something too, like, don't get stressed out about like, oh, it has to be set up this way. Don't, you know, you don't have to put tons of effort in doing this. Like just to give you an example, our family business started selling dirt here a couple years ago. Yeah. Pulverized dirt. Pulverized dirt. And we set up what we thought was the best flow for things. But after like looking at the layout of how we had to like haul the dirt from here to here, it was just multiple trips. And it was just, to me, I hate doing things over and over again. It was making same. your head hurt. So <laughs> you know, trying to set it up to properly go, you know, it's it's a learning curve. You start doing things. Well, and we talk something...
0: about doing it dirty all yes, the time. Yes, exactly. Just take action. You can always change it. Yep. like Nothing is set in stone. Mm-hmm. You can always change it. But some kind of action is better than no action.
1: Absolutely. So- I go on this one for hours, but it
0: is a favorite (laughs) topic of yours, but there's just so many ways to implement systems in your business Mm -hmm. that you don't even think of, Mm -hmm. because not only is there minimizing the wasted effort, I think of the systems a lot, even how you hire your employees. Mm -hmm. That's not something that people would generally think of as being a system in your business, but. Inside the Million Dollar Academy, we have a three-step system that we have procedures in there for how you hire people, how you train them, and things you can do to retain them. And if you think about it, that is all systems. It It is. All systems. You can pretty
1: much break down everything in your business into a system, whether you think about it or not. And just give an example you yourself in the morning. You have a system, a way you go about getting out of bed, getting ready for work or wherever you're going. You have a system for that. You get up, brush your teeth, comb your hair, whatever it is. You go grab your keys, do this and that, and then you go out to your vehicle. You have a system for it. You can break down everything right? in the system. So, is
0: that the three S's in the morning?
1: Yeah, basically yes. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll just say poop, poop, shower, shit, shower, and shave. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it's a system. It is. It is.
1: <laughs> everything can be broke down in a system. So that's. It's just one of the things I loved, and just like I said, it's a passion for me, just because we saw all the difference it made in our business. So. Yep. All right. So the next one he talks about is called Role alignment. And this one is basically trying to fit people into certain roles that where they need to be. To me, a good example of this is when you have somebody that's working for you already and you think they're ready to move up to a foreman position, a leader position. You need to make sure that they, they are ready for this or they can handle that type of thing. You know, not everybody wants to be a leader. Not everybody is good at being a leader. You know, they may have the years experience there. I'm sure you have too, but I've worked for some people that probably shouldn't have been in the leadership position, but they were just there that long and they got moved up. It's just naturally, you know.
0: And another take I have on role alignment. This is really something that I've just been thinking about in maybe the past couple of years. Because historically, when I think of hiring people, it's you have a job description and you look for the best person to fit everything that you have in your job description. Mm-hmm. But I just want to challenge people to think of it a little bit differently where, yeah, it's completely okay to find somebody who fits all those things that you want, but don't be afraid to tailor their job description to their strengths. Uh Because you might have somebody on your team who isn't necessarily a foreman, but they're very charismatic and they're very good at speaking with the public, with whomever you are working for. I would think it's absolutely prudent to go ahead. And maybe that's the person who knocks on the door when you get to the job at that day. And it's like, oh, hey, you know, hey, we're here from South County Landscaping and we're going to get started on your block work today because maybe the foreman, maybe they're just not quite as personable. And if this person's really good at it, even though that wasn't technically air quotes in their job description, Mm -hmm. put them towards a role that they're really good at. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's a little bit of a different way to go about thinking about things. It's always just been like, you very much have to just follow what's in your job description, da, 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 da. But I think it's completely okay to get to know your people and play to their strengths.
1: Actually, to kind of go along this, Mike is the author of this book, he talks about when he brings on new people, he actually sits down with them and finds out what their goals are. You know, what do they want to do? Whether they want to open up their own business someday, they, whatever it is, they find out what they like or what they want to do, what their goals are. Maybe someday they want to go to school and do this or that finds out what that is. He also likes to find out how they like to be rewarded for things, whether it's they like to just have a pat on the back, they want to be announced in front of everybody, like he just finds out certain things about this. And this to me is kind of important too because if somebody uh, does a good job They may not want to be called out in front of everybody that did a good job, you know, or they like to be handled in private in certain things. So sure, he goes on above and on that role line and it finds out a lot more details about each person before they actually brings them on. So I think it's a good idea.
0: It is. This honestly, earlier in my career, this wasn't anything I ever really kind of thought about. I was like, nope, this is the job and this is what you do. Sorry. But I really think it is worth giving a thought to is how can you better utilize people for the strengths that they do have?
1: Yep. All right. So the third one he talks about is called outcome delegation. And this one is basically, are you allowing your team to basically do the work themselves? You know, circumstances come up, the problems come up. Do you allow them to handle it or are you the one that has to handle it? You know, if if somebody, a customer calls in and complains, do you have a process for, you know, how, you know, whatever is your team goes out there and handles it? Do you empower them, the, the team to like whatever, have up to whatever, $100 or $200 to solve the problem? Or whatever it is, you know, do you empower your team to to take care of things?
0: And I guarantee if you start making the foreman responsible for callbacks, <laughs> especially for little minor things, things are going to start shaping up on the job because mm-hmm. they don't want to go back and yep. deal with those callbacks yep. any more than you do. Yep. So. This is where checklists can come into place, like and procedure, like end of the day procedures, like before you leave Mm -hmm. the job, you do this, 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 and this. That way, things aren't forgotten, tools aren't left on site, stuff like that. And yeah, you bet your butt that 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 crew foreman they don't want to go, they don't want to deal with a callback. Mm -hmm. So that's a real good way to kind of tighten the ship up on that.
1: I think it's also very important that you you know you've hired your team and if you trained them, you have these system procedures in place. They are allowed to go out and do the job and well, try to figure feel, out the problem. Everybody
0: wants to feel like they have a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. They want to feel like they are part of the business. And if you give them those opportunities to flourish, to grow, to be responsible, a lot of times they'll really step up and take yep. it seriously. And they'll be like, I'm a part of something here. I'm yep. a part of this business.
1: I mean, it all kind of goes back from that culture thing too. Like if they know they can do it, they feel part of the team and they want to do better. So it develops a better culture in your business. So it, it does a lot more than just... Make sure they can do the job. All right. So the fourth thing they talk about is called linchpin redundancy. So what this is, is basically finding out if you have one person in your your business that has to be there to do everything. Throwing out an example here, you have a person that does all your irrigation. And if they would happen to quit, what would happen? Or if or, they're
0: gone, medical emergency, yeah. have to be gone for a week or two.
1: And this can even apply to yourself, too, as the owner. Do you have to be there for every single thing? Can you take a vacation? Can you take a two-week, three-week vacation without-
0: And this, obviously, is like once you've been at this for a little while. If it's just you and one to two employees, yeah, that's going to be a well, little harder. But you can start to cross train even if there is just a couple of employees.
1: Well, you also have to remember this: the book is basically set up with this hierarchy, so you're working your way through. So, yeah, Lynchpin redundancy is is getting up there on the uh, on part you, of order. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, your business might be so, a little
0: bit bigger by the time mm-hmm, you get to this. But, but it's just don't feel bad, like if at the moment you only have one to two employees, yeah. and you're like. You know, of course, I have to be there all the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we don't expect that at the very, very early stages of the game. But keep it in mind as you grow.
1: But I I also like to try to train people on every single thing. If I know it and they're out there doing it with me, I want to train them on every single thing. And it's Mm -hmm. to me, it's important to let them know everything that if I can't be there or whatever it is. Sure.
0: And of course, obviously, they're not going to do it as good as you do, (laughs) but everybody thinks that. Mm -hmm. But if. If they can do it 80% as well as you can, call her done. Yep, Let them yep, do it. Yep. <laughs>
1: All right. So the last portion of the order step is mastery reputation. And this is basically, are you known... In your area for whatever it is, whether like for us, it was water features. That's what we became known for in our area. That was like, we we're the top in our area and you get a reputation for that. People see, you know, whether it's how to build it or how to maintain it or whatever it is. Especially
0: our, within a, like a niche like that, mm-hmm. word will spread because yep. I swear all the little pond people, well, because in our area anyway, there's like local pond clubs in that mm-hmm. and everybody talks and like people who are in garden clubs or gets around. Oh so yeah. You will get known for it. And this is
1: where like later on in your business, you start growing and you start kind of niching down, you know, it benefits you and you'll start seeing it. You may not think, I think I need to do everything for everybody. It's not necessarily true. It's Mm -hmm. when you start niching down, you become a master at those types of things. Like our things was hardscapes and and water features. And we basically set up our crews. So one crew just did hardscapes. One crew did water features. You know, one crew did landscaping, one crew did mowing. So we had multiple different crews going out. But those people, because they did whatever that task was—of hardscapes or water features—they became very efficient at it, and you start to master that. And like Katie said, the word gets around about you know how well you're doing it, and it just makes things so much easier to me.
0: It makes things easier. I mean, obviously, you have to like legitimately be good at it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You may think you're good
1: at, it, you know, but are you really good at you it?
0: You have isn't? to. You yeah, put some effort into getting mm-hmm. some training. There's courses out there.
1: And this is something that takes time. It's not like something that happened overnight. Our for Our first us.
0: water feature was. Heinous oh, yeah. and ugly. I mean it's still going.
1: It's still going. Oh, to the it's stake. functionally. But doing it's not its job. the best. Like I my ugly thing, by
0: your snobby standards. Well, that you my have now. thing is
1: I like to be as natural as possible. It should look like it's been there forever. So, but look at that one, it was not that way. No. But it was one of our first ones, and you know, we, we learned from it. She's happy with it.
0: As long as the homeowner's I mean, happy. It's over
1: twenty some years old now. And yeah, you don't worry still, <laughs> about it. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so when I say that when I say when I said it was heinous, it was by Scott. If you don't have been listening to the podcast for a while, Scott is a rock placement snob. You will never see anyone roll their eyes and fuss about rocks more than Scott. So I, it's not something that most people spend a lot of time on, but.
1: Kind of along this lines, I got accused of being a perfectionist the other day by uh, yeah. somebody. Yeah. They reminded me, I don't know, this is a while back. I, apparently, we're building just a wall inside of the office and they put it up. And then they left for lunch to do something, and we forgot something. So I literally tore the whole wall down. Then we fixed it and not, put it back up. And, I'm
0: not surprised yeah. by it. literally any of this. I mean, <laughs> we tell people to like forget perfection and just do it dirty and get it done. But it's also a reminder to Scott, I do not quite have the perfectionist tendencies that you have. Yeah. But yeah, there's a reason sometimes. I'm not saying people have said you're annoying to work with, but like in theory, people. <laughs> Would Maybe think that you might be annoying to work with,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know that, I know that. So I work on it, I know, but but no, mastery reputation it's all about you know exactly what it sounds like mastering whatever whatever you're good at, and it's something that comes a long time and you, you get good at tired. it and
0: get the word out there that mm-hmm. that's what you are known for.
1: Yep, to me, I was finding something that I really love doing. You know, I knew how to do the landscaping. I knew how to put sod in or mulch or whatever it, it is. But it didn't like
0: light you no, up.
1: No, I always got excited about waterfalls. And
0: and uh, if you're genuinely excited about it, people can pick up on that energy. You will talk to people all day long about here. You could do this. You could do this. What about this? It, zut, zut, zut. Like you'll get really going on it. And that's infectious. And customers could definitely pick up.
1: On oh, yeah. It. Definitely on sales, too. You get excited about it. They get excited about it. Yeah. It makes it so much easier on everything.
0: It really does.
1: So that's. Pretty much it for the uh, Fix This Next that we're talking about. There are two more steps.
0: In and Fix This Next, yes. Right. It's like a hierarchy. Yeah. It's impact and legacy. That's more like once your business is very established, you've been in it for a while, then you want to start giving back to your community. What yeah. kind of impact do you want to have you know, on the landscaping industry? That's when you get into that kind of stuff. That's outside of what we teach inside the Million Dollar Academy. We're really more for people that are just starting out or have been at this for a while mm-hmm. and are still kind of working on just, you're working on keeping yourself afloat. Yeah. Some people obviously do stuff for like churches and um, obviously will give back, but you're not to the point yet that you're like, what is my place in this world? And you're overarching, yeah. like, how do I, you know, when I die, what do I want? I'm saying at my eulogy, that kind yeah. of stuff. We're not and, there yet. <laughs> no,
1: and I do want to touch on one of those things though. You mentioned about like giving back to your community and stuff. Now, I fully believe in doing all this, but at some point, like he points out in this book, if you are struggling as the owner, Mm -hmm. you are not making money, you are not taking a paycheck, how can you give back to the community or churches or whatever it is? Again, he's not saying don't do this, but if if you are struggling, you can't really give back. This is where you need to go through. like on an airplane.
0: You've got to put your mask on yourself first. exactly. So, I mean, I love to give back. And (laughs) so- to me, that's just another uh, driver, just more motivation to succeed. Because mm-hmm. the more I succeed, the more I can help other people succeed, and the more I have to give back.
1: Yeah, it could be something you know to do, like giving back. As far as monetary, it could be you know, your time too. Something. That's, well, some people so, will, will
0: like mow with the church. Yeah, we've helped like oh, go yeah. do cleanups and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I mean. You can do that without breaking the bank. Yeah,
1: but I, I did want to touch on that a little bit. The other two parts, we don't really—that's not our thing, and it's. We know about it, but the impact and legacy portion of the BHN, but we're not going to go over that. uh, Yeah, this will kind of be
0: the end of our little saga of Fix This Next that we've Mm -hmm. been doing, but definitely if you are interested in the book, check out our free version of the Million Dollar Academy. We've got a chapter from the book in there, so you can see that. We have a webinar that we did with the author in there as well, so if you would like more information... Definitely uh, join the free version of the Academy. You can watch the webinar. You can read a section from the book and you can get a link to take a Fix This Next assessment where you can pinpoint what exactly your business does need from you right now. And then we match that up with all the systems, procedures, spreadsheets, everything that we have in the Million Dollar Mm -hmm. Academy. So it's like Fix This Next will show you the what and we will show you the how. So everybody can continue, just keep moving forward, make some progress. I like that. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. acting <laughs> like this is news. This is why we're here, man. All right. You ready for your end of podcast questions? Let's do it. Okay. These are going to sound familiar. You asked these to me the other day, and I liked uh, them. Oh, boy. And so you're getting them now. What words or phrases do you most overuse? I
1: guess I should have thought about this one. I asked you. Um,
0: well, you didn't know I was going to throw them right back at I you. I not. I was just, I'm so sneaky. Well,
1: I, I'm on the same page as you. I say, um, a lot. Yeah, my answer was I say, um, too much. But I think I say awesome a lot. Okay. I catch myself awesome.
0: Awesome. awesome. All right. I'll I'll pay more attention. Yeah. I can't think of anything. I'm just picky, and you don't do it so much anymore. You used to like say things wrong a lot, and I would obviously point that out because my mom. I grew up like the grammar police, and so mm. I'm not so bad anymore. That and you mm. used to always say toilet instead of toilet. I always thought it was weird. I'm like, there's more like vowels in there. I didn't know what you were doing, but
1: well, it's not like I said toilet a lot. Did
0: I well it was obviously wait. enough that I noticed okay <laughs> anyway moving on And I had
1: to think about how to say it that way
0: right I've made you a better person <laughs> uh, what are you most excited about right now
1: well I'm excited about GIE but I'm also very excited about this fix this next program and our, our green growth method I think it's just it's a it's a great thing. combo there I'm really excited about it I really like the webinar that we have in there and how we can help people so
0: all right loving it and uh, what happened on your worst date?
1: Well, you did ask all the same questions. I huh?
0: told you I was going to, i no, not lying.
1: Worst date. Well, I haven't been on many dates, so I don't even know.
0: You got nothing? It was too long ago? Is our age showing? Has it been too long?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't even know.
0: Did you go on any dates? Should I change the question? <laughs> have, you, have you ever been on a date? No, right. You
1: got mad at me for going on a date before, but we weren't um,
0: together. That is very true. We were not dating yet, yeah. and you asked somebody else out, and I was yeah. like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> obviously I had to put a stop to
1: that. So yeah, it's been so long. I don't even know. I ain't yeah. almost like to go on a date anymore.
0: Well, no, gross. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to. No, no, no. That, that's for the young. So. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today and have a great day. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message.